All right. We're going to take up or, or receive our offering this morning, but before we do, we get to hear some testimonies that kind of filter through the office and our staff, and so I just wanted to encourage you guys with uh, one that we've heard this week, and Rich is going to share that with you. Good morning, good morning. Tell them who you are, Rich. My name's Rich, and I am on staff with ENC, the campus ministry here. And yeah, I just wanted to share a testimony of God, how God's moving on the campus and a testimony of how three people from this church, the Holy Spirit used three people from this church to reach one student. Amen. And so first week of semester, this, yeah, this semester, me and Morgan were on campus and we were handing out flyers and we were actually about to wrap up. And we're heading back, and then she just felt like, oh, we should talk to this specific student. We were walking past. I was like, okay. So we go over, we talk to him, we share, you know, we're with the campus ministry, and we're with GCF. And he knew of GCF because earlier the last semester, he had an injury. He tore his meniscus, right? And it was Benjamin who saw him on campus, sat with him and ate with him, and prayed for healing for his knee. And the student tells me God healed his knee. He was able to walk. He was able to work out, right? And so me and Morgan, we're getting excited from hearing this. So I get his number. We meet up. And in the course of our conversation, I just feel like God essentially puts an image on my mind, right? Like to just get an impression. And I take a moment and I share with him what I saw. Essentially, I saw him just like hyping up this crowd, right? And like as he's doing it there the energy of it, like a wave is going through the crowd and they're all getting hyped up, essentially. And so I share that with him and he's like blown away. He's like, yeah, that's, he's, he's like, when I played football, that's what I was known for, is hyping up the crowd, hyping up the, his teammates. And he's like, I always thought something bigger would come from that. And so it was just cool to see God reveal himself to him right there in that moment and encourage him, show him that he, God knows him. And so we meet up the next week, and in the course of that, we're doing the one-to-one, and he gives his life to Christ. Yeah. So just, I just wanted to encourage you guys, because number one, just your support for what we're doing on the campus, Amen. right? Like, I was reached because of your support of the campus ministry. This student was met because of your support. So thank you so much, and also encourage you that you hear God. You can hear God. God can use you in your family's life, your friend's life, your coworkers. So just know that. He used three ordinary people. He's always been using ordinary people. So just know that. Thank you, Rick. Amen. That's neat, right? That's, that's a couple spiritual gifts manifested there, right? Praying for healing, words of knowledge. Right? This is a biblical thing. Jesus told the woman at the well, you've had... How many? Five husbands, right? He said something about her that opened her heart. God uses these moments. Amen. This is Josh May. He's going to share a testimony and take up our offering this morning. Good morning. Um, so you got to be careful when you share good news with your pastor because next thing you know, you'll be up here. Um, sometimes unwillingly. But, um, so, yeah, I was telling Blake, um, this season... I, I do mortgages for a living, and this season has been really rough, you know, with the economy and rates going up and 
uh, it's just been uh, a, a little rough mentally for me. Um, and so I, I had this loan. I've been working on this loan for a year. Uh, this man and his wife, they built their home, um, and we did everything we possibly could to get this loan ready to close. And it, it was just, there was nothing more that I could do. Um, <clears throat> I finally convinced our underwriters to let me have this guy file his 2022 taxes, which he did in less than a week, um, to get him to qualify. Um, and finally got his income in order. We were ready to go. The only thing I was waiting on was the taxes from the tax office, which we estimated and we were, you know, normally I've been doing this for almost 20 years. I'm pretty close with my taxes. Well, on Friday, me and Beth, uh, two Fridays ago, me and Beth were driving to Virginia to help her in-laws move. And when I say I did not want to be there, I did not want to be there. Um, it was one of those situations where she said, I'm going, but you don't have to go. Which the husbands know, that means you absolutely have to go. <clears throat> um, but I'm sitting in the car, I'm like, this is the last thing I want to be doing. Um, and I get a phone call from my processor. The taxes had come in double of what I had estimated. Um, and immediately my heart dropped. I got hot all over. Um, I mean, Beth was in the car and I just went silent. Uh, I was like, I'm at a point now where I have, there's nothing more that I can do. And I was very, very despondent. I barely talked when I got to her in-law's house. Um, I like, well, we got to do this moving thing, so let me just do this moving thing. Well, the next morning I woke up, <clears throat> and uh, we had to drive to the, the house. And I had remembered that on Thursday, I followed Tim Tebow on Instagram, and he had said that um, every time something bad happens, him and his friend had agreed that when something in their life bad had happened, they get cut from a team or something horrible had happened, they're going to get together and they're going to serve. Um, they're just going to find somebody they're going to serve. I said, you know what, I have an opportunity to serve this morning, I'm going to pour everything that I have into this thing and just forget what's going on. And I tell you what, we worked and worked and worked, and we poured and poured and poured, and their house was almost completely done by the time the four of us were done working. Um, and we just, I really made a concerted effort to pour everything I had into that. Fast forward to Monday morning, <clears throat> I showed up at the office door, and before I walked in, I said, God, you're going to have to do this because I'm at the end of my rope. There's nothing more I can do in this situation. Um, so I called the tax office, and I, I'm sorry, I called the attorney who does the taxes, and I said, listen, I, I'm in trouble here. Can you just go back and look at it one more time? See if there's something you've missed, uh, and then give me a call back. That was about 9 a.m. Well, about 10.30, my wife sends me a text. Her and my little one are praying for me, um, and they sent me a video of them praying for a miracle. And there's nothing that moves your faith like your little one praying for a miracle. So... Um, Still, I, I call about 1 o'clock to the attorneys that said, you know what, I, I haven't got anything yet. Um, I said, well, it, just is there anything that you can do? She said, let me, let me look at one more thing. And she looked, and Pitt County had already put in a tax rate that is very rare, um, much lower than what she had estimated. And they were able to lower the taxes down to just below the limit that I needed for the loan to close. Um, and... <laughs> that was an amazing moment, um, and you know you may say, well, they made an error, and you know what? You, you could be right. It could have just been an error, um, but I think the miracle in the situation is what God did with me. Um, you know, God had to change my heart with not just that loan, but what had been going on over the past few months. Um, I've been on commission for the last 20 years of my life, and there's a level of faith that goes with that because, you know, some months are great, 
and then you have to have faith for the next faith for the next few months. Um, you know, but in the the past, I'd say month and a half, I'd kind of forgotten that, and I had been leaning so much on what I could do that I had lost sight of that. You know, God is the one doing this, um, and so He had to do a change in my heart. Uh, and I think that serving uh, on Saturday, you know, when you get outside of yourself and you go serve somebody else, you know, if you're praying for a miracle and you need something done, get outside of yourself and just go serve. And I think you'll be amazed at the, the heart change that's there. Um, so let me, I'll transition to offering. Um, <laughs> so in addition to your pastor telling you that you, you need to share, your wife also was supposed to do offering. We said, you know what, why don't you just do it since you're up there already? <laughs> okay. Um, so I would just go along with kind of what I was speaking on. Um, yeah, I believe that we've been called to give. There's no question about that. There's no gray area. So if you know that you're called to give, then it's just a question of where's your heart at when you give. Um, you know, I was giving for years and years and years with the knowledge, okay, I grew up in the church, you give. It's just what you do. But there was no real heart posture behind me giving. Let's write the check. Here we go. This is what I have to do. And I think it was about three years ago, I really you know, altered the way that I was thinking Everything that I have, God is so good. And we were singing about this Friday or Wednesday at worship night. And just a plug for worship night, because I used to not want to come to worship night at all. Um, and Blake can attest to this. He'd be like, come to like, yeah. <laughs> worship night is awesome. Um, and from somebody who did not want to come for years, you need to start coming to worship night. There was like two rows full, and look how many people are here today. We need to be here on worship night worshiping. Um, so just a plug for that. Um, but we were just talking about, the, the song was about how good God is. When you look all around, you, you can see the goodness of God. And I think I had lost sight of that uh, for the last few, few months. And when I just stopped on Wednesday and looked around, because my loan didn't close till Thursday. Um, when I stopped on Wednesday and just looked around at everything that God has done for me, um, and not financially. I mean, I have a beautiful family um, that loves me, and I love them, uh, and just... There's, there's so much, um, but my heart had to be in a right place to receive that. So when we talk about giving your heart, it's all about where your heart is. Um, we're called to give, and I don't think we're called to give because God needs your money. He doesn't need your money. It's, so he, he knows that your heart has to be in the right place towards your money. Uh, and if it's all about the love of money, that's going to be a problem. So, all right, that's it. I have no idea what we're supposed to do. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, GCL. Give GCF to 732 I tell you what, somebody doesn't like to testify. He sure did stay up here a long time, didn't he? My God, that word, brother. Bubbling up. Bubbling. It's been bubbling up for a while. You should have been up here years ago. That's 20 years of pent-up testimony right there, man. Amen. Thank you, Josh. That was awesome. I think Josh's testimony is, I didn't want to do it. God made me do it, and it was awesome. I think I've heard that like 15 times in the last few years. Amen. Y'all ready to get in the Word this morning? God is good. And we're in a series called Miracles because we believe that God does miracles. We believe that we need to step out and believe God for miracles. And I believe I have a tendency to revert back from faith to believe. Does anybody else? We get real practical, right? And Jesus is saying, what if I do something bigger than that? And so this morning, we're in part six of our series. 
on miracles. We're going to be in John chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. Let's just posture our hearts before we jump into this. Father, help us this morning. If you're in the audience, you're at home, and you feel comfortable, just pray this prayer. Jesus, have your way in me this morning. Amen. John chapter 9, verse 1 through 7, and then we're going to jump down to the end of the the chapter, uh, verse 35. He says, as he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. Think about that. What does that look like? I'm not sure, but they knew it upon seeing him blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned this man or his parents? that he was born blind. If you remember a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, I was preaching on John chapter 5, and a man was lame because of his sin. Jesus said, basically, stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. So there is consequences to sin. And so the disciples, and I tend to vilify the disciples, but I'm there like, okay, what did he do? Or was it his parents? Right, they're trying to compartmentalize. They're trying to understand. This is the human condition. Right? We want to understand. Jesus answered, It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva, Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud and then said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. And he went and washed and came back seeing. Skipping down to verse 35. Jesus heard, now this man, this is on the Sabbath. There's quite a stir, the man born blind. He can now see, is this really the man? There was an investigative research. They figured it out. They brought his parents. They brought him back up twice. At the end of it, he's kind of tired of it. He gets kind of sassy with them, and they kick him out of the temple. There's the Cliff Notes version. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and having found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? And he answered, And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Jesus said, For judgment I came into this world that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. Jesus heals a man born blind. The first, we're going to talk about the situation, the seeing, the solution, and the sending. Number one, the situation. This man was born blind. He'd never seen. In fact, when this man testifies before the synagogue, he says, has it ever been heard in all creation that a man born blind can see? He probably did the research, right? Has God ever healed a man like me? It's never happened. And Jesus healed him. What are you facing this morning? What problem, what issue, what internal struggle, what thing are you wrestling with? What mountain is before you? This man was born blind. 
Nothing like this had ever happened. It's interesting when, you know, your back hurts, and I don't want to diminish any miracles, but in the eyes of these Jews, there were, there were varying levels of miracles, right? Your back hurts, and now it doesn't hurt, but your back has not hurt before, right? There, there was a girl in our campus ministry who had a degenerative, degenerative disease, and she was going deaf. She was clinically deaf, deaf, and God healed her. But she'd heard before, right? Still a miracle, still blows my mind, but yet she had never, he had never seen. Think about the gravity of that. Something anatomical, physiological, something was missing she, he couldn't see. I, I was thinking about the sound of music. If y'all have ever seen the spoiler alert, you're 60 years old, late. <laughs> but at the end of the movie, the Van Traps are trying to get away from the Nazis and, and the nuns take out a part of the, the, the engine and remove it from the car and the car won't start and so they get away. And so it doesn't matter if the Nazis at that point came over, lifted up the hood, clinkered around, moved some stuff around. It's not going to work. Part of it's missing. And this is the miracle that Jesus is performing. Something's not here, and he does a creative miracle and makes it right. I was thinking back to, to those my age may remember this thing called a Nintendo. You remember this? It's awesome, right? It had games like baseball. That was it. That was the name of the game. Baseball. Ten-yard fight, you know. There were some great games. But every once in a while, the game wouldn't work. Like, it had worked, and then it wouldn't work. And so there was always one of your friends who had the magic touch, where he would take the game, and he'd hold it up to the light, and he'd blow it. I don't know why, but it had to be that. It had to be. You'd blow real hard. It was, imagine the end of your, like, charger for your iPhone. Imagine it was 100 times bigger. And you could see most of it. And then you kind of, you had to put it in just right. Right, y'all remember? And you, did, you couldn't just put it in. You had to like, you know, you had to like, there was a special like iteration you had to do when you pushed it down and it kind of had to click the edge. And then, and then when you did it, everybody's like, you're the man. You were like, oh man, it was a miracle. This thing had not worked. And then I fixed it, Right? But see, imagine if this Nintendo had never worked. Never. You can't blow hard enough. It ain't going to work. And so here's Jesus with something that's, that's missing. Something's missing. And Jesus puts it in there. It's amazing how we can... Fix problems, but there's some problems we can't fix. I mean, we can deliver food to college students in a dorm with robots. Can we? I ran, I was going by campus last night and I'm like, Star Wars. There's three CPO. They were like waiting at the crosswalk. I was like, I couldn't believe it. I'd heard about it, but I was like, there it is. 
It's funny. We can literally take food, but we, we can't. We can't, we don't know what to do with the epidemic of anxiety and depression and addiction. There are problems that are deeper problems. And Jesus is wanting to deal. He is proving from this situation, from this reality, this miracle, that something deeper, he's trying to communicate to us. In fact, it's probably the most theologically rich miracle we're going to deal with. Jesus is giving a spiritual sign here, okay? Now, when something's wrong, we have, um, we define it. We, and there are lots of ways to approach the issues of our age. And Jesus is showing here by this man that each one of us is born blind. That's, he's saying everyone is spiritually blind. Everyone. And there are lots of isms in the world, right? There are lots of worldviews. If you don't know what that is, that is a view of the world. There you go. It's a worldview. It's how we view the world. What, what is life all about? What's wrong with the world? What's the solution of the world? And we have lots of isms, right? That hey, And lots of them hinge on this reality. The bad people are in power. Let's take them down. And let's put other people in their place. Now, is there systemic problems in our world? Absolutely. Jesus walked in and cleared the temple. There's a systemic problem that Jesus dealt with. But if we don't deal with the blindness of the human heart, I don't care what system you put in place. It ain't going to work. Do systems need revolution? Yes, but not without the revolution of the heart. And here's Jesus. He's, we're defining the problem. Well, let's get those people out and these people in. Let's, let's do this. Let's change the system. And the ism has a problem. We thought it was lack of education. I mean, if we just educate everybody, our problems will go away. Well, we saw from Nazi Germany that you can have the most educated society in the world and they can still be evil because they're blind. They're spiritually blind. What about religion? Right? Who sinned? This man or his... Let's just keep everybody away from sin. Let's just, let's just create the boundaries, right? If we take this woman and we code her from top to bottom, give her a little eyepiece, we won't lust anymore. Right? Let's create... Lust is in the human heart. We see an ankle. We're like, oh man, look at that ankle. I bet there's a beautiful body attached to that ankle. Right? We're going to say, hey... Because the problem isn't there. The problem is here. Who sinned? Let's create all these trappings against sin. Was it his parents or was it him? And Jesus said, he's been blind from birth. It wasn't any one sin. It was sin everywhere. It's funny that Jesus brings up Siloam here because Siloam is mentioned twice in the Gospels. This point. And another time when people came up to him and said, Jesus, did you hear about those, those Gentiles who, who, metal, who, who mixed the blood of the Galileans with their sacrifices? And Jesus said, do you think these Galileans were worse sinners than anyone else? If you don't repent, you too will perish. What about the tower in Siloam? 
Did it fall on these wicked Siloamites? Because they were more wicked than the rest? If you don't repent, you too will perish. Because the problems that we face are the result of sin, but not always black and white like we think. Is it him? Or is it his parents? And so we're defining, Jesus is defining the problem as that you were born spiritually blind. And you need a miracle. There's, there's some new age kind of sipping, slipping into the church that if we posture ourselves correctly, we channel the right energy, we hum the right way, we, we can manipulate the powers this man has never seen before. I don't care how much you hum, put him in the right place, he ain't going to see without a miracle from God. And if I get the right crystal on the right spot of his eyes, no, it ain't going to work. What, can, we th- can we send this brother to counseling long enough for him to see? I believe in counseling. I've received the benefits of counseling. There are skills and coping mechanisms that will help you deal with the fruit of the fall, but it won't deal with the root, which is you are spiritually blind. So don't, don't mishear me. Is there a place for counseling? Absolutely. Recipient number one. I'm going to tell you right now, it won't change your heart. Jesus says you're blind. And you must have a miracle for you to see. Seeing the situation. We love to categorize, don't we? And so, here's a man suffering. It bothers us. But if I can blame him for it, I feel better. Who sinned, this man or his parents, because this brother's suffering? And if I can blame someone else, I feel better about walking away and leaving him in his blindness. See, does your description, your your longing to describe, position you to dismiss? Or some of us like that because we get so discouraged, we get so weighted down by the suffering in the world, we get in despair. Or do we see it as an opportunity for the display of God's glory? See, when you see a man who can open blind eyes, you can believe that God can meet you in your situation. You remain unconvinced. 1 Timothy 1, the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. Paul, I am the worst of sinners. The worst, I've killed followers of Jesus because they said his name. And Jesus had mercy on me. Why? So that me, the worst of sinners, Christ would display his infinite patience and mercy so that you might believe. Do you see the need? Do you see the blindness in the world? Do you see the suffering as an opportunity for display? Or just for description? or to dismiss, or to be in discouragement. And Jesus is saying, I can heal everything. 
if not in this life, in the life to come. What problems are you facing this morning? What situations in your own soul? I've, I've never fill in the blank. My family lineage has never. Jesus can heal and change the trajectory of your life. The solution. I love this. Jesus says, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. This statement. Oh, Jesus was a great teacher. Oh, he was. Jesus was a good philosopher. He, he knew how to spin the words to make it sink in. Oh, he did. Do you see what he just said? Jesus said, the world is dark and I came into the world and I am the light of the world. What? You're telling me you're the solution to the world's problems? Yes. Jesus is saying, I am God, the light of the world. That's what we believe. We believe that God became flesh and was born and lived among us, that he is alive today, risen from the dead. He was God. But not just God, not just a God. I mean, he performed miracles. Maybe he was one among many. What does Jesus do? He looks at this man. He spits on the ground. You ever made mud from spit? You're lying. You probably have. I know I have. You just start spitting. You just start spitting, right? You spit a while, and then you wait for it to kind of settle in, and then you kind of do the little finger, you know? That's when you start. You keep spitting because you got to anoint the eyes. It's not like you got to get enough. So Jesus is down here and just spitting, just spitting. And what is he doing? He's working and God made man from the dust of the earth. And he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and he became a living creature. Jesus is saying, I'm not just a God. I am the God who created you. I am creator God. I am God became flesh who made you with my hands. He is the solution. Jesus, God, Jesus, your creator, God. Who am I? Go to your creator. Don't look, look deep within yourself. You'll get lost in there. Go to your creator. You're blind, but he can make you see. You are the image of, of the invisible God. So Jesus said, he made him in his image. You're not the image, but you are in the image of God. You are the imago Dei. You have value. You have purpose. God created you and crafted you with his hands. You are his image. He loves you. He fastens you. But you're blind. Both are true. You're awesome. And broken. You're amazing. That's why creativity and the arts touch the soul because look at our creator God mirroring off of his creation. And yet, 
We create such malicious things. We hurt people. We hurt ourselves. He hasn't left us in our sin. Go wash in Siloam. I love this. What a picture of salvation. Will you believe my word and obey it? Go wash. Y'all realize that Jesus told this man something to do that he could not do by himself. Go wash in the pool. Where? Siloam. How could I even begin? By faith. Start moving. People had to guide him. If it wasn't for men and women in my life showing me Jesus, walking me to the gospel, I wouldn't be there. I'm going to do it myself. Okay. You're going to need help. Or God will let you try. By the fifth time that brother hung his toe, somebody help me. Right? You're going to need help walking with Jesus. You cannot. You cannot walk with Jesus by yourself. Can't do it. It's designed that way. Now, it's a, it is a miracle that you might see, but you're going to need people to walk with you. God does the miracle, but he brings the community to help you. Who are you helping find the water so that they might see? Whose mud are you helping get off of their eyes? Who's helping you see clearly? Who's helping you? Who's helping you get to the pool of the waters of his grace and just washing it over you so that you might see we need help? We can't do it alone. Now, what happens when dirt gets in your eye? Have I ever done this? What are you supposed to do? Supposed to rinse it out. What do you want to do? Rub it. Man, I'm a rubber. (laughs) I'm going to get it out. What a picture of religion. We've got dirt in my eyes, God. I'm going to get it out. I'm going to work real hard to receive your sight, God. You're just doing damage while you do it. You have to stop working and receive the grace of God. You work, you do damage. You stop working, you receive the grace of God by faith. Jesus Christ, God, your creator God, your king God died in your place. You you see the imagery here. Go wash in Siloam. Go get baptized. That's literally what he's doing. Go get baptized. Just as Jesus was baptized into death and rose to life, we must be baptized into his grace. We must submit to his mercy and his grace. Jesus did what I could not do for myself, and we receive it by faith. What's the miracle? Now you can see. If you are not born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God, John 3. You can't see. 
You must be born again. You must have a miracle, a creative recreation. You were born in water and now you must be born in the spirit. You were born naturally. Now you must be born spiritually. It's a spiritual birth. Look, it is not coming down here and positioning Not this tile, this tile. This is where the grace falls. No, Christ falls on you when you believe. You don't work it up. You don't manufacture it. You receive it by faith. This is the miracle. You humble yourself into gospel community and let others wash you. And you step out in faith and obedience. See, when you've got dirt on you, what you do is you wash. When you're dirty, you wash. And this man, Jesus, put dirt, God put dirt on this man. He washed and then he saw, right? God put the dirt of humanity on his son. He washed, now we see. Do you see that? Jesus bore our sin. Jesus is able to forgive us. God is able to forgive you because Jesus paid for your sin. The dirt comes on you. Jesus washes it off. And this is what this man did. That's why baptism is so powerful. That's why baptism is so important. Jesus said this, repent and be baptized. Why? Because Jesus asked you to, number one. Two, because it's a symbol that Jesus died and rose again and you are now dead in your sin and alive in a new way of living. It's also a public declaration that Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my Lord. I am dead. Old Blake is in the water. New Blake has risen. And I have a new name. And I see. Baptism. Is it for salvation that you were baptized? Absolutely not. Baptism doesn't save you. Jesus saves you. But if you're saved by Jesus and you have faith in him, you will be baptized. Why? Because he asked you to and you love him. But this washing wasn't just a washing away of your past. It is. Washing away of your sin and it is. Washing away of your, your guilt and your shame, it is. But it's being baptized into a new thing, ascending. Go to Siloam, which means sent. Just as Jesus was sent, Jesus was sent. You see the imagery Jesus is painting with this miracle. Just as I am sent into death and resurrection, you now are being sent. You're not just baptized to remove the sin. You're baptized into a new mission sent from God. You and I are sent from God. Notice Jesus' words. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So is he not the light of the world anymore? While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. But Jesus isn't in the world anymore. What did he say in Matthew 5? You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. Christ 
in you the hope of glory. You now are being sent just as Jesus was sent. You see so that others might see. You have been washed so others might be washed. You are made right with God so that others might be right with God. Have you been baptized for your sins? And have you been baptized into his sending? They're a package deal. The answer is, if you've been baptized, yes. You don't get to choose. It's both and. What have we said this morning? We've said this, that each one of us has been born blind, spiritually blind. We need a miracle. We need Jesus to open our eyes. And if you'll come to him by faith and receive what he did for you, you will see a new way. You need community to walk that out. There are people blind all around us. There are needs all over this city. Will we define them and dismiss them or will we step into them with creative solutions so that they might see the glory of God? These things have happened so that Christ's glory might be displayed. Do you see problems as discouragement? I know I do. Do you see problems as despair? But defining a problem doesn't solve the problem. There's a problem and we need the grace of God. We need Jesus to step in to this problem. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ has made a deposit in us by the Spirit as sent ones from God to be lights to the world. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit. I'm asking you this morning to touch the hearts of individuals who are not right with you, who have not yet followed your example as being baptized, who believe in you, maybe, but have not stood up and said, I want to be counted with Jesus. with every head bowed and every eye closed, if Jesus is speaking to you this morning, if he's touching your heart and you need to get right with God, I need you to, I'm asking you to raise your hand. Raise it high, unashamed. Anyone else? Amen. Put those hands down. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus this morning, to be counted with him, I want you to pray this prayer. Say, King Jesus, save me. I submit to your lordship. You are my God and my king. Forgive me for living my own way. I want to live your way. Forgive me of my sins. 
and fill me with the person of the Holy Spirit so that I can follow you. For some of us in this room, we've made a decision to follow Jesus, but we have not followed him in the example of baptism. If you need to make a decision today to be baptized, I want you to raise your hand. Raise it high. Say, I need to be baptized. I need to take a step of faith. I need to step out and be recognized as a follower of Jesus. I've done it quietly. I've done it privately, but I want to do it publicly. I see those hands. You can put those down. If you made a decision to do that this morning, I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith. I'm not going to follow up with you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I want you, by faith, to sign up. Get on the app. Get on the website. Write your name saying, I want to do this. Jesus did not heal this man born blind on the spot. He sent him. Will he follow through? Follow through this morning. Amen. Holy God, thank you. Thank you that you're good. Thank you, Lord, that you love us enough to meet us in our blindness and open our eyes. Lord, I pray for each one of us who who call ourselves Christians, who say I'm a follower of Jesus, Lord, that we would sign up again to be sent ones. If you're in this room this morning and you're saying, Blake, I want to make a fresh commitment, a fresh answer to the call to be sent by Jesus. I've been living my life, but I want to be on mission with God. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand in this place. Amen. 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 You can put your hands down. Lord, I pray for these individuals who've raised their hands by faith, that you would fill them with your spirit. Lord, that you would from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet. They would feel the the love of God radiating through them, Lord. They would know that they are not on mission alone. They are on mission with you, King Jesus. And that you want to do mission with them. You want to walk with them. My encouragement to those who raise their hand is, is to tell someone this week. Say, I raised my hand at church on Sunday to be on mission with Jesus. Amen? Amen. Let's everyone stand to our feet. So we stand to our feet this morning as we close. Look, Jesus is doing something in our city, in our nation, in the nations of the world. He is busy. I don't know if I've ever said that in, in this context. God is moving in unique ways right now. Don't miss what he's doing because one, you're not right with God and two, you're not willing to be a part. Amen? If you're going through something this morning, we want to pray for you. Maybe you're struggling. Maybe you need a miracle. Maybe you're stuck in your sin. I don't know, but you need prayer. We're going to be up here this morning. We want to pray for you. And God's been doing miracles. Amen? So let's jump in those waters. Lord, bless these people as they go. Lord, I pray that this would just be the huddle, the huddle to the game we're about to play this week by doing our jobs, loving our roommates, studying for the glory of Jesus, not for grade, 
doing our work as worship unto our great God, loving our coworkers, being open to what God might be doing around us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You have a great week. We'll see you next week here for the final installment of Miracles.